Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Open Bar Experience. I am your host, David Thackeray. I'm a hospitality professional with two decades of experience in the bar and restaurant industry. My pursuit in this podcast is to have difficult conversations of our industry and of society as a whole. All right, welcome back. Today I have, uh, I got a lot to cover, all right? And it's been a really, really busy week. Now, for some of you that have been longtime listeners, I just wanted to clarify that that, that the, the direction that I have in the podcast right now is one of, of not just talking about the industry and, and, and its issues, but also society as a whole. And meaning that these are conversations that you would have with friends while sitting at the bar, right? And, you know, it, yeah, there's this, this, this rule of the no, no religion and no politics at a bar, but normally that's with strangers. Because I've been to the bar with friends so many times and we've talked politics and religion and everything else, right? Um, so that's what I'm doing with the, that's what what's I'm doing with the pro- podcast now. I feel like there is a a a better, bigger conversation for us to develop as an industry if we a- actually uh, start talking about everything in society. That rule of no politics and and no religion, um, and then sort of like having to 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 fit in this middle ground on everything has been really terrible for the industry. And we have seen it in times whenever the, the, the recent, you know, all the sexual harassment that happens, you're part of the industry, you know what I'm talking about. I don't have to go into it. Um, the stealing that happens from uh, some operators, you know, some owners and managers, the, uh, the, the terrible diet that people in the industry keep you're surrounded by food and yet you probably eat once a day over a trash can something that is is fatty and and unhealthy and uh, and just terrible for you so i feel that you are better served and i am better served by talking about anything and everything that is happening in society current events um and 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 as much as i can uh, put it into some historical context. So, that said, um, I am on Twitter as uh, uh, Dakri underscore TV, um, Instagram as uh, David Dakri, and uh, YouTube David Dakri TV. Now, my YouTube channel is kind of taking a a I'm putting it in the in the back burner for for now, but it will um, I will put a little bit more content in there. So today, we're talking about cancel culture. I am talking about the stormtroopers uh, in Portland, and I am talking about how Plantation um, is saying they're going to come correct. So let's get to it. A few weeks ago, I did an episode on this podcast about products 
with a uh, problematic name. Uh, that was around the same time as you had Aunt Jemima and you had um, Uncle Ben's um, getting challenged in that, that sort of way, right? And the thing is, is like these are, are racist um, names on them because uh, the, the, the image that it portrayed was that, that of, uh, it was a racist image. I mean, like I said, the example that I clarified on there was that, you know, Uncle Ben's, uh, in part, older men, black men were called uncle because uh, white society did not want anyone calling them sir or mister. Um, those were reserved for uh, older uh, white men. And so, you know, that simple fact right there, it's, it's, it's not. And, and then the Aunt Jemima, the whole image of Mammy um, being uh, someone who takes care of your kids but doesn't have the right to vote uh, or to drink from the same fountain as you or use the same restroom facility and, and all that, right? Um, so that was, it was time for that to be done and over with. And one of the products that I pointed out that in our industry, in the beverage uh, alcohol industry, has that problematic name. There are multiple. There's several of them. But this is one that is, uh, has been near and dear to the craft cocktail uh, community in particular. And they have been a product that um, has been embraced through and through the entire uh, portfolio. So uh, Mason Ferran. Uh, has Citadel, they have Pier Ferran, uh, Cognac, and then they have Plantation Rum. And the thing is, is, is that the issue of the name Plantation has been brought up to them before. And it just hasn't been the time to, to make the change. So much so, uh, a few days after the episode came out, I don't know if that had anything to do with it because they said that they were working on it for a while, but they... Um, they announced that they're going to be changing the name of Plantation Rum. They didn't say to what, they didn't say when, uh, they say that they would. And all that I want to do right now in, in bringing this up uh, is not to talk about the entire thing again. It is in order to make notice of it, right? in two ways and one is thank you uh for listening to um alexander gabriel and and i don't just i don't mean listening to the podcast i don't know if he listens or not but if he does well thank you for that but i'm saying thank you for listening to the voices of change the voices of the future the voices of you know we don't want that kind of product out there okay so in that there is uh there's um it took a long time to, to make the change and to completely listen, but we're here, right? And secondly, is to, to make notice, to take notice that this is just a, a pledge, right, to, uh, to do it. They haven't done it, uh, as far as I'm, I'm, I, I know so far, and... Um, you know, it wouldn't be the first time that a company says they're going to do something that they end up not doing, that they backtrack on, right? I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. Um, I do believe that they're going to make these changes, but I could be wrong. And so I will continue to talk about this um, because it's uh, something that as a person from the Caribbean, it, it matters to me. And therefore, um, these are the things that, that 
that I want to talk about. And that, again, these things are important to me. Uh, that perception of like romanticizing a plantation place of, of rape, murder, and oppression, that's not, that's not right for society. That is not positive. We can't get to the places we want to get to as a society and as people if, uh, if the, the negative aspects, the worst aspects of it are romanticized in such a way that we hold them dear, you know, generations later without taking into account exactly the effects that they had on, the, on people then and affecting their descendants generations later. That's all I have to say about that today. All right, let's talk about something else. Talk about uh, cancel culture, right? And uh, I'm going to pull up the uh, dictionary here. Here's the uh, pop culture dictionary. And I'm going to read you the uh, definition. It says, uh, cancel culture refers to the popular practice of withdrawing support for public figures and companies after they have done or said something considered objectionable or offensive. Okay, that makes sense to me. And I'm dealing with like a generational clash in my own house. I feel like the old lady now because my brother's 15 years younger than me. I live with a millennial, all right? I'm 38, he's 23. Every day, I wish I dropped him. <laughs> Every day he makes me feel like I'm a bad person, right? He's always checking me about things that I didn't know were now out of vogue. One day he walks into the living room, he has on a, a peach t-shirt. He goes, Chloe, what do you think about this shirt? Is it too feminine? I'm like, no, it's a regular peach t-shirt. He goes, trick question, gender's fluid. Get out of my house! I didn't sign up for this, do you understand? Entrapment. You can't trip me up on stuff I didn't know was out of. <laughs> Another day he walks in, we're having a conversation. He was like, Yo, I'm going to this bar around the corner. And I know that this bar is a gay bar. So I was like, oh, look at you going to a gay bar. That's so progressive. He goes, Chloe, uh-uh, uh-uh. We don't, we don't say gay anymore. We say queer. Now, I feel like old lady, because I grew up with queer being a derogatory term. You didn't call somebody queer unless she was ready to fight. So now I'm, I'm, I'm puzzled. Because I'm looking at my 23-year-old millennial brother like, where did you broke motherfuckers get their PR budget? <laughs> to spin this word around, do you understand? He makes me feel like a bad person. And I know I'm a good person. I'm a good person. I give to charity. Now, cancer culture is something that, well, that I have a, uh, a conflicting relationship with, right? Because I feel that um, it's been, cancer culture has been able to be effective with some brands and some people in calling them out for their either hypocrisy or simply just completely being um, out of context with society. The problem that I have with cancel culture is whenever it starts to, 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 to go back as far as they can and start judging 
a certain situation or something that someone said or did uh, 20, 30 years ago the same way as if it had happened today. Now, I grant you some things... I mean, someone using the N-word 30 years ago is no different than using it today. But the difference in, in other things as far as, uh, you know, what dating was like or um, I'm just talking about how men and women related to one another 30 years ago was different than it is today. Or, I don't know, there are practices that, that have changed and again, it has to do with the context of society, right? How things, what was normal then and what is normal now, um, those things change. And also the type of conversations that you were able to have back then versus the type of conversations you can have today. Cancel culture exists because of the Internet is, is really what I'm trying to say. And the Internet wasn't always around so the conversations that you could have were very different because not everyone was exposed or could be exposed to the same information as you so the way that you can just get on your on your phone and find out what a definition of cancel culture is for instance that wasn't the case then you you either had a book at home that had the definition or you had to go to the library and and talk to someone to see if they can guide you to the to the right way to the right place and then you had a a a dozens of books that maybe had a direct answer or just had an indirect answer so it wasn't the same so people were not exposed to the same type of information uh, across the board and so from one place you know for for those of us that live in texas from what North Texas was like to East Texas to to here uh, in Central Texas, I mean, you could have completely ways of uh, different ways of thinking and ways of life because of that. Now we still have that, right? Even though we have the internet and we have access to the same information, we still have that, not to the same degree in in some ways. But just imagine it without the internet, when people didn't even know that some information existed. So I'm saying before cancel culture starts to consume itself, it needs a better direction. It needs it needs a, a it needs to be more specific and and it needs to just stick to to the one thing that it does right, which is when somebody fucks up today. Well, you need to just call him out. You know what is a good use of cancel culture? Rep, uh, Representative Yoho. That just recently went uh, and uh, accosted Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Now, that is a good use of uh, cancel culture. Because that guy right there was being a misogynist, right? The reason he got it right on her face is, one, he disagrees with her politics. Nothing wrong with that. You can disagree with politics all day. But two is the fact that he felt like he can just get, be aggressive towards her, right? And, and try to be as intimidating as possible because he's a man, okay? And that was what gave him the authority to do so. Fact is, is that guys like him usually... Eight or nine out of ten times will not do the same thing. Will not 
will not take that, that posture with another man, but they will do it with women. And the more comfortable they get with doing it to women, when women don't say anything, then the more they do it. Now, I'm going to put a link to her response to his, uh, to his accosting her. Because I guess one of the things he tried to use, which he didn't even openly apologize, but pretended to apologize, was that he has daughters, he has a, a wife, and yeah, and we all have mothers. But that doesn't give you, that doesn't mean you're a decent human being. And she points that out, right? So, cancel culture, yes, right? Now, something that, that he may have done that is questionable 30 years ago... I don't know. It depends what the situation is. But I think that this is where cancer culture is, Im is important. I'm going to go all the way there and say that is important. It is because guys like that cannot be allowed to continue to do this stuff. Because he, the example that he's setting for other uh, politicians, uh, for business owners, uh, for other men in general that are on the fence on, on this... On, on whether to tell a woman off or not, right? Now they're gonna feel like not only they gonna he called her disgusting, he called her dangerous, he called her a fucking bitch because he disagreed with her politics. And so, again, I feel like he did that because he feel he felt comfortable that it was a, he she's a petite female, but. To say that to another male, well, most times he won't. Guys like him won't. There's some that will, you know, and some that are for real, but he's not. But the point is, is that guys like him need to be called out. They need to be shown uh, to the world and, and they have to think twice. You have to put them in a position where they have to think twice before they decide to do another thing like that. Because if we don't protect women, we are in, headed towards becoming a third world country. It is, it is a known fact that places where women do not have the freedom to be are places that have poor economies, poor education, and the entire society is worst off. But standing here, I can't help but be reflective. A little sentimental. Now, eight years ago, I said it was time to change the tone of our politics. In hindsight, I clearly should have been more specific. Portland. That is one thing that I want to talk about right now, because I think we as a nation are in this crossroads where the people that are supposed to be protecting the republic, <laughs> the people that are supposed to be keeping uh, us together are the ones dividing us. Uh, I'm specifically talking about the president and, and the attorney general. These are the people that are supposed to be... Uh, um, Continuing the tradition of rule, rule of law. Now, you may say, oh, people are protesting and they're rioting. 
The fact is, is that the rioting didn't really escalate until the federal agents got there and started to to instigate the fight, right? This is concentrated around one single block of all of Portland. And it's still, it's, it's, a, it's a matter of, of freedom of speech. And yeah, I get in the rioting is not good, but the rioting again escalated when the federal agents got there and started to to uh, just snatch people up from the streets into unmarked cars. They don't have any badges. We don't know if these people are paid mercenaries or if they really truly are um, uh, uh, federal agencies because it's so opaque. They're really not giving a whole lot of information about who and what these people are for. What do I, I say this? I say this in, and I want to talk about this because you and I have to, to do the, this. We, we have to talk about these things. We have to keep these things in check. We cannot allow our democracy to, to diminish. And this is a republic also. The difference between a democracy and a republic, just so we're clear, and you're not having this silly argument in your head, is that a democracy is a rule of the majority without infringing in the minority. That is a very, very important uh, part of democracy. Most people say it's a rule of the majority, and that's where they stop. But the other part of a, of a working, true democracy is that is the rule, yes, of the majority, but is without infringing on the minority. All right? Secondly, republic. A republic is, is, a, is a form of government that is a, by decree of law. So... Laws are extremely important. One of the things that were established here early on is contract law, right? That is one of the ones that, that are very important because that is, the re, that is the way that you're able to exchange and get into business with people if, uh, because contract law is extremely important in this republic, okay? In right now... The, the freedom of speech, the democracy part, which is not infringing on the minority. And the minority is going to be the people who are not in power. In other words, if you have a Republican president with a, you know, or conservative president with a conservative attorney general with a conservative uh, Senate, then that's pretty much a, a majority for the rule of law. And so if people that are liberal want to to go out and protest, and that is a right they have. Now, rioting is an entirely different thing. But the rioting, because it was small, it, was, it should have been handled locally. Again, it didn't matter that it was sustained because normally that's, that's what the manual says. The Department of Defense has a manual on exactly how to handle this stuff because we've been handling these situations overseas for, for decades. And right now we're doing the complete opposite of what that manual says because it is, is about appeasing the, uh, the, the protesters, not instigating a fight because that's just going to bring more people too. Um, and I think that that is one of the things that we have to, to focus on because, again, we saw plenty of protests, uh, people showing up with guns to Capitol Hill um, in, in different states, uh, protesting the mass order, the shutdown, right? You didn't see the, 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 the governor order the, the National Guard to get these people out because it would have just made things worse. 
right? That's the right way to do it. The wrong way to do it is the way that the uh, Attorney General and the President are doing right now, which is going out there, sending troops that are aggressive and that are attacking and instigating a fight with the protesters. That's the wrong way to do it. Um, and so I want to make sure that you stay focused on the the truth of what is happening and the fact is is that freedom of speech is one of the things that we have it's a cornerstone of our of what we do what our, our country is and this is the one thing that we have we have over the decades that i've been alive heard this country criticize other countries in doing in 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 in, in uh in hurting right impeding in censoring freedom of speech you know china being one of them russia um you know Iran and, and whatever other dictatorship out there you, that you want to to mention, and and we we have we have to we can't make excuses for the attack on freedom of speech. We simply cannot. Uh, that's all that I have to say right now about that. A nine-year-old boy. Talking to your father. Daddy, what is politics? The boy asks a pertinent question. Father had to think now to give he a pertinent answer. What is politics? Father, haughty brains, he says, son, let me put it this way. I have to provide for you. So I am the capitalist, you are the people. Your mother does keep the money. She's the government. The babysitter is the working class. And your baby brother is the future. You understand? Well, the boy couldn't put that jigsaw puzzle together. He said, yeah, I think so. He's going to bed and he's sleeping. While he's sleeping, he hear a little baby brother crying. He went and peeped in the room and see the dire pie in a mess. So he tried to communicate with the mother. Mommy sung asleep. He decided not to disturb she. He gone to the babysitter when he watched in the room. Daddy having an affair with the babysitter. He decided not to disturb them either. So he go and tuck away in bed and he sleep. In the morning, he get up, they having breakfast. He said, Dad, I think I know what is politics. <laughs> he said, good, tell me in your own small way, what is politics? He said, well, Dad, it's something like this. While the government is asleep, The capitalists cruise the working class. The people are ignored while the future is in deep shit. Right, so I hope that you enjoyed this uh, week's uh, episode. Uh, one last thing that I wanted to point out is that uh, Houston is get it, getting its own community fridge. Um, if you don't know what that is, 
uh, I will put a link uh, on the description uh, about it. It is essentially a nonprofit that will be putting refrigerators in place in communities that are underserved, um, meaning that although there is a food bank in Houston that does a fantastic job and they help a lot of people, some elderly or disabled people have a hard time getting to or getting someone to go to that place to get some food for them. So the 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 community fridge is something that is going to be in locations where those people are going to be better served and is you can take some food items or you can drop off some food items. So it's a way to uh, to contribute to your community and it is a way to for people that have the need to be served by the community. So at some point you get to take a picture with the president, you know, and as they're setting up the picture, you get like a little moment with the president. I'm like, Mr. President, you see all these writers and producers and actors, they don't hire black people. And they're the nicest white people on earth. They're liberals. Jeez. <laughs> That's right. Is Hollywood racist? You're damn right Hollywood's racist, but it ain't the racist you th that you've grown accustomed to. Hollywood is sorority racist. It's like, we like you, Rhonda, but you're not a kappa. <laughs> That's how Hollywood's, yeah? But things are changing. Things are changing. But what I'm trying to say is, you know, it's not about boycotting anything. It's just we want opportunity. We want the black actors to get the same opportunities as white actors. That's it. That's it, you know? Just, you know, not just once. You know, Leo gets a great part every year. And, and you know, and, you know, everybody, all you guys get great parts all the time. But the big thing, you know, it's, it's, everything's not about race, man. Another big thing tonight is you're not allowed, somebody told me this, you're not allowed to ask women what they're wearing anymore. It's the whole thing, you know, ask her more. You have to ask her more. Now, you know, it's like, you, you ask the men more. Hey, everything's not sexism. Everything's not racism. They ask the men more because the men are all wearing the same outfits, okay? <laughs> Every guy in here is wearing the exact same thing. You know, if George Clooney showed up with a lime green tux on and a swan coming out his ass, somebody would go, what you wearing, George? <laughs> hey, welcome to the 88th Oscar Academy Awards. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, and keep the conversation going.